You're listening to The Over 50 Entrepreneur, the podcast that's dedicated to the business builders who are only getting started when most are winding down. This is the place to discover how to create more freedom from your business while growing the value of your business. Now here's your host, Rick Hadrava. Hi guys, in case you didn't know, this is Rick Hadrava and you're listening to the Over 50 Entrepreneur Podcast. You know, I love networking and I've met so many interesting people and today's guest is is just the result of, of that very thing. I remember having coffee with Jeff Lutt a couple of years ago at a really nice coffee shop and to be honest with you, I wasn't sure what to expect. And I can tell you, I went into that meeting with no expectations. And I don't think that Jeff did either any more than just getting to know each other. That has evolved into a friendship over the last couple of years and some work together. And so I think you're going to enjoy Jeff. Jeff moved his payroll business and his family to Oklahoma City from Portland, Oregon in 2017. He said that was in a bid to find some sunshine and nice people. And I like to think as we uh, head into summer here that uh, he's going to find plenty of sunshine and I know we have wonderful people in our community. Uh, he's continued to build his business here uh, by, by developing relationships in this community. He's self-described as a coffee nerd, um, as I would probably jump on that bandwagon along with him. Um, he has a, what's he say, a running sitcom in his own home with his five kids and his beautiful wife, maybe a chicken or two running around as well. So if you're looking for help connecting, Jeff's the guy you want to know uh, on LinkedIn, you want to reach out to him, and I know we're going to have fun with the program today, so let's get started, and let's welcome Jeffrey Lutt to the Over 50 Entrepreneur Podcast. Jeff, thanks so much for joining us today. Hey, Rick. Uh, it's good to have you. I mean, it's good to be, uh, thank you for having me. I uh, was thinking about those chickens there when you were going through that intro, and it's actually four chickens and a rooster, so... If anybody out there wants a rooster, I've got one. You can have it. <laughs> exactly. We've talked about that before. We've had a lot of fun with that. But, um, you know, it's kind of a great example of business, isn't it? You, you set out, you had five chicks, you thought they were going to take a certain path, and you had a little pivot, woke up one morning and realized you had a rooster on your hands. And now you just have to deal with, you know, how, how to continue to move forward. So, Tell, let, let's go back and revisit. Uh, you know, I was struck by the unique thing that you had done that I hadn't seen a lot of people do, and that was to reach out via LinkedIn and say, hey, let's go have a cup of coffee. And I think I can't even remember how we were introduced, but talk about you know, your move here and, and networking and why both those things are so important to you. Sure. Okay. So the move here really was about finding sunshine and uh, nice people. Portland, Oregon is a beautiful community uh, three to four months of the year. Um, and then uh, there's the eight months where it's just really dreary. So wanting to live somewhere where I could raise a family in, in, a, in a place where I, I felt like the community was safe was really important to me. Also affordability. West Coast versus uh, Oklahoma City, uh, the difference is incredible, you know, and this is actually like, I think a lot of people could be taking advantage of this uh, if they're, you know, gig employees, that sort of thing where they could live 
sort of remotely in a place that's more affordable and serve clients in you know, places like Portland, et cetera. Yeah, so we moved here in 2017. And uh, the idea at the time um, when I got here was that I was going to uh, gradually phase out sort of a legacy part of the business that I was running. Uh, that legacy was the contract CFO work I was doing and uh, ramp up the payroll side of what I was doing. Uh, and at the time, uh, the payroll side was, you know, the majority of what I was doing, but I still had that legacy work to do. Um, and in order to found the business in the community, I had to start making relationships in the community. And I was surprised, I was really surprised at the velocity at which relationships can be made in this community. And maybe it's, you know, rose-colored glasses or maybe it's something that's real. But I really do think in this community, uh, folks can get out more. They can they can move throughout the community faster. So you're not stuck in traffic for two hours a day uh, just to go from one one-to-one to the next one-to-one. And uh, because of that, you can you, you can make you know two three connections a week easy. So visiting back upon the strategy or not the strategy, but the the time when we first met, I was just starting to kick out my strategy here to meet new people in the community, and that strategy was simply to find one person in the community that would sit down and have a cup of coffee with me and learn about their business. I was interested in learning about. Uh, first, who their who their be- their best uh, customer is, it, you know, who they like to work with the most. From there, you can really dive deep into well, who who also is looking to connect with that best customer um, that may not be a um, a competitor, but like deals with that best customer in a different way. So, in your industry, it might be uh, in financial advising, it might be uh, the estate planning attorney also tends to know the folks that the financial advisors are interested in. I think it's, it's one way or the other. I was interested in knowing that about every business I've been in contact with. I, know, uh, I wanted to know about the challenges folks were facing and the goals they had. And one of the ways that I typically dove into that was just to ask them, hey, where are you going to be three to five years from now? And you could really use that question to dive deep on challenges because if you know what their goal is, then, hey, what's standing in your way of getting to that, getting to that goal? So I did this with one person. It started with one person and uh, in Oklahoma City. I'd been doing it back in Portland for a couple of years, but I didn't have the um, infrastructure in place to support it that I did when I got here to Oklahoma City. And then I'd go back to the office and I'd do a write-up on LinkedIn, just about the, uh, what the connection was all about. You know, basically, hey, folks, today I had coffee with uh, Rick Hadrava. Rick uh, runs uh, a wealth management firm. He helps businesses in, in improve their value in advance of a sale or uh, a transition. And that's, I think, what your bio was at the time when you and I first met. Um, and it's probably still somewhere in there. And uh, I put that on LinkedIn. And I would, I, would, I would put your name in there. It would tag you in it. And invariably, what somebody, would, somebody else would see, like somebody that's on your list of contacts would see this really cool thing that I'd written up about you and they would, you know, like it when they like it. They also happen to see my ugly face at the top. So it's a sort of way to add a little bit of value to the relationship that I just started and also build some exposure in the community. So yeah, that is just like a, 
the first step in how I work to develop relationships. And I believe that when you and I connected, it was you had reached out to me on LinkedIn via um, their chat or something. Their instant chat. messenger, or, yeah, the yeah, DM, I, yeah, yeah, and uh, and and we did. We we just had coffee, and I basically put you through that funnel. That that's right, and you know I couldn't remember like how we actually connected, but I think you had done that very thing to somebody in my network. And I was intrigued and, and we connected. So let, let's go back because we hit on a couple things that I want to make sure are important. First of all, the fact that you moved your family here it is very important to me because I think about what's going on right now with the pandemic and as we go through this in the East Coast and West Coast. And I think Oklahoma and this area is prime for people to do exactly what you have done. People that have the ability to run their businesses from anywhere where they want better quality of life. And the people here are very genuinely open, you know, and and I think those are things that surprise people. So I'm glad that you've done that. And I hope we can figure out how to promote that practice as a state to go out here and grab uh, additional talented people like yourself. But Let's go back to the networking. So I understand the concept of why you do it to broaden your network, but how does that translate? Did that translate into business for you? Because let's face it, you do have to continue to grow the business and plant the plant the roots here in Oklahoma. And did you get that benefit by yeah, doing well, the networking? Let's talk out a little bit more of the uh, of the. Well, the overarching strategy is that at some point during the relationship, there is a connection made between um, me and somebody else, okay? Usually, uh, that's, that's one of the ways I, I gauge uh, the value of a connection. So let me rephrase that because that probably came out as really confusing. My overarching strategy is to meet people, to connect with them so that I can connect with their community deeper. To get to that end, there are tactics that I use. It's essentially a sales funnel to get to that end. So right when I first get back from that meeting, I'll write a thank you note. So there's a touch. I go and I touch them with, hey, thanks for having coffee with me. I really enjoyed learning about you and your business. Rick, you do the same thing. So you sent me, your thank you notes are much nicer than mine. You sent me a really cool thank you note. After that, I have another touch with them. And uh, my, my CRM is all this, set up for this, but it basically prompts me to reach back out to them and ask them if they are interested in connecting with somebody else. You know, and during my conversation with them, I learned who their referral partners are. So for example, you know, it may be that I'm sitting with a mortgage lender and they're really interested in connecting with realtors. I will look through my database and find a realtor to connect them with. I send the realtor an email and I send the mortgage person an email. Hey, do you know so-and-so? This is, you know, here's a write-up I put together on LinkedIn about them, link to the write-up. And then the other person gets the same exact thing, but in reverse. So that's like, that's the second touch. So that's building more value, showing more intentionality in the relationship. And usually folks get back to me. No, I don't know that person would love to meet them. Then I make the connection. And that's just a simple, you know, uh, Hey, so-and-so, this is so-and-so we already talked about. I, you know, each other, here's uh, you know, here's a little brief recap of what I told you. And here's a brief recap of what I told them. Let me know how else I can help. So that happens. A couple of days after that, I send another email to each of them. Did you guys get an opportunity to connect? 
Uh, if they did connect, awesome. If they didn't connect, I ask them if they want me to nudge them. And sometimes they do and sometimes they don't. Then finally, like I think it's about a week after that, I have my CRM prompt me to ask them if they know a, an accountant. Like an accountant, those are my referral partners. So, hey, do you know an accountant? And, you know, a certain percentage of those folks get back to me and they do know an accountant. And uh, I've made connections that way. So yes, it does lead to connections and it also builds value in uh, community. And it's just a fabulous concept. And, you know, I think the one touch point on that is we see a lot of people that want to network, but it's almost like how fast can I date, right? It's speed dating and it's, hey, are they a viable person for me to do business with and move on? And I think it completely misses the mark. Good, solid relationships take time and, and you, you have to invest time and effort into those relationships. And a lot of times it has nothing, it's not going to give you an opportunity right out of the gate or even with that person. But when you can make a connection with, with them, someone that might be helpful for them, it opens the door for you. And it's a great solid way to kind of build that network. And I'm very impressed with the way you did it. Let's talk about LUT payroll, however, because you, you said something early on that you let a part of the business go. I think you said outsource CFO business to do payroll. What, what, why do you like payroll? How do you guys operate? Tell, tell us about the business so we can kind of learn more about Jeff LUT and LUT payroll. Well, what I liked about payroll was that it's scalable and it's a subscription-based model and it's something that um, most small businesses can afford as an add-on service uh, and they need it. They really do need it. What they, what they need most about it is really the liability protections with the Department of Revenue that a payroll service can provide. So I started to go down that road mainly because I knew it and I'd love to say it was because like I, did, I dreamt of being a payroll service ever since I was in fifth grade. But no, I, was, I wanted to be a pilot, um, like a fighter pilot, because Top Gun, you know. Um, but no, I ended up becoming a payroll service because really because it just, all of my goals come from personal goals. So I first set a personal goal and then I look at my business and I go, okay, what can I do with my business to reach this personal goal? And, uh, you know, actually, um, Mike McAlevitz talks about this in his uh, Fix This, is it Fix This Next or Fix This Next? Fix, yeah. fix This Next, yeah. Yeah, he talks about this, about, you know, uh, aligning your lifestyle with your business. And you have to determine, you know, one of the first things you have to do is determine, you know, what lifestyle you want to have and then align your business goals with that lifestyle. So payroll to me was one way that I could use to leave Portland. If I was still doing the contract CFO work, which required on-site, you know, high-touch uh, interaction with the folks that I was, was working with, I would never have been able to leave Portland and come to this beautiful community. And I also wouldn't have been able to grow in the way I've grown as well. Um, I, and it's interesting to me because I, I would have I grown in some different way because I think we're all kind of learning and growing as, as we go along. But this path has been really interesting to me because it's a scaling path. And as, as it scales, 
I really have the ability in my life to do different personal things that are important to me and my family. Interesting. So since you talked about scale, what challenges do you come up against as you, you know, you've been here in the community, you're successful in this networking, you've built a great business, you've got a good reputation. As you scale, what challenges have you come up on that, that are different than before? Well, this reminds me of one of your questions on the on the deal here. You had a question here. It's uh, if you could go back and have a do over in your entrepreneurial journey, what would the would be the one thing that you could change? And going back to Mike's book, which is top of mind for me right now because I'm kind of fumbling my way through it. The first level that he mentions is sales. Uh, as for, Mike mentions that businesses have a um, business hierarchy of needs, which is like Maslow's hierarchy of needs for individuals. And like people need air and food and shelter at the bottom and then love and, you know, Nirvana's at the very top. Businesses are sort of the same. Uh, at the bottom, you need sales and then you need profit and then you need order. And then up above that is a level I'm not even looking at yet, but I think I, you know, cause I'm not there. I'm not even thinking about it yet, but it's, I think it's Nirvana as well. I am currently at the order at level and I occasionally have to pop back down to the sales level, um, especially coming out of COVID-19. And the lesson I'm learning at the order level is that the, uh, the, some of the decisions I made way back at the sales level have exponential ramifications. So as I grow, my challenges grow. When you scale, your challenges scale with you. So I may have made a decision, and I did. I made a decision to use one particular piece of software back at the sales level because it was just expedient to use this software. Well, you start using that software... And one of the techniques that software companies use is lock-in. And you get locked into that software just because it's so much trouble to switch over to some other software. And so as you're using the software, you start to notice there's, it's not meeting all of your needs in some way. Or they're pulling back on support and, or they're raising their prices. And you're stuck with them because they are one of your monopoly vendors with regards to the software you use. So that is a challenge for me to continue scaling, but I have a solution for that, and I am not going to be locked into that uh, much longer. So I'm pretty excited about that. Well, that goes back to kind of that monopoly control, or, or let's say, let's back up, not monopoly control, but Switzerland structure, right? Like you don't want to have revenues tied to one big client. You don't want to rely on just one key employee and same thing with vendors. You don't want to be at at the whims of one of your vendors. And so having multiple ways to deliver um, gives you more flexibility. And you're right. Those are the things that you start to think about when you're starting out and you're getting things growing and you're having success. You're just happy that you have these things in place. And then as, as you do see success and you grow the, the the different challenges like that approach. So I, I appreciate you sharing that um, with us. So, you know, you've got the successful um, payroll business and you've had some partnerships that have come out of your networking as well and opened new opportunities for you. And, you know, I, Matt and YHR is one of them that comes to my mind. Where do you see, so you talked about your personal goals aligning with your business goals. So the question I have is, you know, as we look out in the future, what does that look like for you and your personal goals and your and your business goals? 
Great. Um, so personal goals, you know, I, I want to have my house paid off. Um, I <laughs> just very, very normal goals. I, uh, I, I want to have my retirement funded. Um, I would like to, um, you know, buy a, a, a used car every five years. I'm really cheap like that. <laughs> uh, no, I never spend over $10,000 on a car. Anyway, so I have some pretty mo- modest personal goals. I'd like to give more. I think I'll get to the point where, you know, when, when those buckets are being filled, I'll have a, just a bunch more to give. And um, that is a value that I've really started to appreciate more. So how does that square in with some of the partnerships I've built in the community? You asked about the partnership with YHR and Matt Tipton. That is a great question because it highlights my strategy. And the strategy I have is that we provide outsource services to business clients, but we find those business clients through accountants and bookkeepers and tax preparers. And if you're just a payroll service and all you're doing is offering Department of Revenue liability coverage, that's attractive, but it's not as attractive to an accountant or a CPA as a payroll service that also offers HR capacity because HR is the Department of Labor liabilities and those liabilities are frightening. If I were a CPA and I was taking questions about Department of Labor liabilities, I would be pretty hesitant about addressing those questions just because it's really not in that person's wheelhouse. In fact, I had a client, here's how this all started. I had a client a few years back who fired somebody and he did it the wrong way. Uh, person totally deserved to be fired, but it didn't matter. He didn't document, didn't document it correctly. And in the state, this was in the state of Oregon. The state of Oregon's Department of Labor is very litigious. That person went to the state of Oregon and said, "Hey, this is this is what happened," and they they presented one side of the story. Well, the employer had another side of the story. You know, this this, this employer was using Facebook inappropriately on company time, and could document all of that. The solution would have been, you know, in a perfect world you would have the employee and the employer be able to present both of their cases and then a a solution would would have been agreed upon, like in court, right? But it never got there because it's so expensive to go to court that they might as well settle. So they ended up settling for a five-figure sum. And I thought at the time, man, you know, I know that there's this Department of Labor liability out there and this is something I could have told this employer about uh, in terms of, hey, you really should be paying attention to HR as well as payroll because there's some crazy liabilities with HR that totally eclipse in a lot of ways some of the liabilities you see with uh, payroll. And they're kind of, they're white swans, right? They're not black swans because black swans are like unforeseen events that, you know, nobody saw coming and boom, all of a sudden the world changed. These are white swans, which are things that are totally seeable if you just open your eyes to them, but will change your world if you don't see them. That's where the HR angle came from, was that I wanted to help the folks I was working with avoid that liability. So um, having the partnership with Matt and YHR to offer that service uh, really gives me a lot of peace of mind because I don't feel like, hey, I'm, I'm only offering one piece of the overall puzzle. Here we're offering 
the two the two big liabilities that that report that employers run into and then it goes over and above that as well i mean you could get into like using hr tools to change your business's culture and that's the kind of stuff that matt really geeks out on yeah yes he does well you you know what jeff we've we're already coming to the end of our time together and i i feel like like a lot of times we could have a a deeper conversation so i apologize but if you had any, you know, the networking stuff, the thing that comes to my mind is more than ever, it's important that we reach out to people. And, you know, the work that we do, we're continually trying to grow our network to be valuable to people, knowing that that those connections that can be made and help people be successful, it helps our community. And in some ways, it always seems to come back to us even if we're not expecting the way that it does come back to us. And so you've done some great job there today, and I appreciate it. But as we come to the end of the show, what advice would you give to an entrepreneur that is in the same type of structure of business, you know, because you don't necessarily have a a building that you office out of. Um, You've got businesses that you deal with all over the country. And I know that there's people listening today that have that same kind of structure. So being, being who you are, experiencing what you've experienced, what, what parting advice would you give for, for entrepreneurs like that? Uh, Really just listen, listen to people and be open to experiences. So one of the things I learned leaving these networking uh, meetings was um, that I was, you know, frequently losing the information that was gained. So I had, I had to develop a, a, a set of questions. And I mentioned those earlier. So develop a set of questions that exposes the true nature of, of, of somebody's business and what they're trying to do. Listen to it. And this doesn't even, this doesn't even apply to business. Just listen to what's going on in the community. Have experiences, you know, experiences and listening. That all leads to uh, opportunities, especially listen for challenges because a challenge is just looking at, a challenge is an opportunity looked at from the rear end. And if you see a challenge, if you feel a challenge in your gut, if there's something that you feel like you're running into that just is terrible and you don't want to do it, there may be a way to, to do some judo on, on that challenge and turn it into an opportunity, but you have to look at it from the other way. So I think I might've answered 10 questions there. No. Listen, listen and listen. Listen and listen, but we all know that the best opportunities in life come from figuring out how to help people. And so when you can identify what they're struggling with, whether that's making, a, again, back to this, you make a connection with somebody else, may, may not have anything to do with you in the process, or maybe you do have a solution that you can offer up, but that only comes from making connections and listening and really understanding the person. So wonderful stuff, Jeff. We come to the end of the show. I know people might have questions for you. They want to learn more about payroll. If we have accountants on the call looking for some people to do business with, how do they reach you and your organization? Oh, let's see. The best way is probably to email me. You can email me at payroll at lutpayroll.com. You can also check out the website. And then LinkedIn is really a good way as well. So, I will, I'm willing to connect with folks on LinkedIn, but if you connect with me on LinkedIn, know that like an invitation to connect via Zoom or coffee is shortly coming because I want to know more about you. Excellent. Excellent. And we will get that information 
in our show notes, guys, which you can um, download or, or visit at our website, www.epicsbiz.com forward slash podcast. That's epicsbiz.com forward slash podcast. You've been listening to another episode of the Over 50 Entrepreneur. We're grateful to have you. We appreciate you. And until next time, remember, we're only getting started. The Over 50 Entrepreneur Podcast is sponsored by Epic Business Advisory, where we help entrepreneurs escape the owner's trap, build businesses that can succeed without you, allowing you the opportunity to realize more freedom, think bigger, and pursue next-level goals. Download our freedom formula at epicsbiz.com slash formula. And remember, we're only getting started.